Hi, y'all. It's Dana just coming at you to let you know, since you're listening to older podcasts and maybe you haven't heard yet, I now train and certify decluttering coaches in my no mess decluttering process. Go find out if there is a coach who is near you who can help lead you through the decluttering process. Go to declutteringcoaches.com. That's my website. Everyone listed there is trained and certified by me. We now have coaches all over the world. If there's not somebody near enough to you that they can come and help you in person, most of our coaches also offer virtual coaching. And that has helped a lot of people be very successful in working through their clutter. If you are interested in becoming a decluttering coach, go to declutteringcoaches.com, find out about taking the decluttering coach training course and find out what it means to then pursue certification. All right, now go enjoy the podcast. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 392. And I am going to talk about uh, applying the decluttering process to general decision making. So we are going to talk about that. So there are lots of applications. I hear from people on a regular basis who will say, I have mastered or maybe not even mastered, but used the decluttering process successfully. I've used it so well in my home on my clutter that now I find myself applying it in other areas of my life. And so I had this question about decision-making in general and how the process might apply. So I thought, well, that's a fun thing to talk about. So I decided to talk about that. Uh, here was how the question went. Since your question works so well for decluttering, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? I wonder if in your own life, you've come up with questions that help you make non-decluttering decisions more easily. I wonder if your system for decluttering could be adapted to help make decisions in general. I know you're not a psychologist. Yes, thank you for knowing that. Uh, but wondered if you have any tips to make general decision-making easier or what you find helpful for yourself. The typical advice weighing pros and cons lead to open-ended questions. Exactly. We avoid that in this whole decluttering process thing, don't we? And never-ending spiral of possibilities that it would be great if there were some questions one could ask that would bring everything to reality, like your, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first as with decluttering? Thank you. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Okay, so I don't know about questions specifically, but we are going to talk about the same concepts that we use in decluttering and how they can be applied and helpful in general decision making. Okay. So, first of all, it's going to be imperfect parallels, right? Like, I'm not going to have exact one for one on all of this, but I am going to just start out by saying, you know, this got my brain going. 
And so I wrote some notes. I don't know if you'll be able to tell that I had notes for this or not, because sometimes it's like, I'm pretty sure she doesn't have any notes ever, but I, I generally do have some notes, but I wrote notes and I found myself thinking, oh, there's so much more here. I should wait and not do this podcast because I can come up with so many more parallels. And then I thought, no, same way as with other things, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to, cause, cause I could come up with all sorts of endless possibilities here. And this is a 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes an hour podcast. This is not the whole shebang, right? Like this is part of the shebang is what this podcast is going to be. So again, it's that we tend to be people, those of us who struggle with clutter and also may struggle with decision-making in similar, you know, types of situations like this, this question asker, we tend to want to hash it out all in our brain before we do the thing. Okay. Maybe not the best example of me going ahead and recording this podcast because you know, I am, it is kind of a brain thing, but we tend to get caught up in the, I need to have thought it all through. I need to have figured it all out before I do anything. When there is so often, or I would even venture to say almost always something we can do now that will actually help us have better understanding than we could possibly have if we try to do all the thinking all the way in our brains before we actually start doing anything. Okay. And as long as we are thinking, I have to think it through completely before I do a single thing, then it grows in our mind. And we know that we can't think of every single scenario. And we know that it might be different when we play it out in real life. And so we then put it off even longer, which makes it grow even bigger in our brain, which is okay. So there's so much value in going ahead and doing something, doing anything. So like in our decluttering process, we talk about better and less being the goals. We are going to do something. You know, what's the parallel there in decision-making? Well, that's what we're going to talk about here. All right. So first of all, decision-making is hard. Um, So what are some things that we can do in this situation that don't require decisions, but do move us forward in the process. Okay. One of the things that I find myself asking myself all the time is what do I have to do in this situation anyway? Like what's gonna have to be done anyway? So I am um, working on a project. Uh, I'm going to have a booth at a conference. If you happen to be a realtor and you are going to be at the NAR NXT, I think it's called in California, please stop by my booth because I'm going to be so embarrassed if nobody comes by my booth anyway. But um, so, so we're going to this, this conference, right? And we're going to have a booth. I'm going to talk to realtors, you know, about, you know, doing community events and speaking and stuff. So it's overwhelming y'all. And I am so behind on all of this. And as I'm thinking through what all has to be done, I ask myself, what do I have to do anyway? Well, I have to know what I can take with me on the plane, right? 
you know, so I'm flying Southwest so that I can have, so that I and Jennifer, who's going with me, can both have two suitcases. Okay. Well, you know, I start thinking, I wonder if I could do, I wonder if I could take, um, you know, sometimes I see people have these like foot lockers and things. I wonder if I could take that and I could pack that with some of the things that we need for, and I'm like, okay, what, those are all things that can make my brain spin out on all the things we could do, or we might be able to do. And I'm like, what is something I can do right now? I can look up the measurements of what I'm allowed to bring. How much can it weigh? And what size can it be? Okay. It's something that moves me forward and gives me information even though I'm not making a decision yet, because that decision thing feels daunting, right? And so even before I'm ready to make this decision, what is something I have to do anyway? And I find, I find myself doing this all the time, right? Like I'll, it's time to pack up the car for whatever it is that we need to do. Okay. Well, there's so many things to think about. There's so many things to consider on what we, what do I need to do first? Well, the first thing I need to do is get the, um, the suitcases from the last trip that for some reason, you know, one of them was empty or I don't know. I need to get that out of there. I need to get the stadium seats from the football games that we've just been leaving them in there because we go to football games every week, but, but I need to get those out of there. Right. I need to go, even if I don't know exactly what's in the car, I need to go look and see what state are we talking about? What, what not state like Texas, Minnesota, but like what state is the car in at this point? It's in Texas, right? I know. I meant like, what condition is it in? Does it have the space for me to actually do these things? So it's, what do I have to do anyway that I can break this overall overwhelming thing I have to do down to something smaller that I can actually do right now? Okay. So it's, it's taking the overall thing and and making that one small step that doesn't require decision-making that doesn't overwhelm me. That doesn't make me feel like, Oh, there's so many things to do first. Okay. Well, what's one of the things that I have to do first? That's what I need to do. Right. And, and identifying that and going ahead. Okay. Sometimes this is as small as, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, but there's a podcast I listen to called um, hashtag am writing. And they talk about all different kinds of writing, like they'll talk about fiction, nonfiction, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, one of their things they talk about a lot is open the document. They're like, if you can't do anything else, if you if you're overwhelmed at the thought of this project that you have to do, just open the document, just open the document on your computer. That is a small action that I can take that I, I am just going to at least do that. Of course, I hope it leads me to having a creative moment and being able to make some progress on this project and blah, blah. But I'm not committing to all that. I'm only committing to opening the document. And that's pretty much a no commitment, but I'm at least going to do that. Sometimes it's opening the email. I find myself (laughs) avoiding emails that I think are going to be overwhelming to me, right? Like I find myself thinking, I'm just going to ignore that one. Well, as long as I'm seeing it, or even if I've, you know, it's found its way down and I'm like, oh my goodness, I know that's going to say something I don't want to read, or that's just going to be like all these things that I'm going to have to deal with. 
I will often give myself permission to just open it. And if I'm, you know, knowing me, I'm one of those people who will say, oh, well, I can't open it because then I'll never see it if it's, you know, not bolded in my inbox. You know, you can click on the right and it'll have an option for you to mark it as unread so that it'll still look like you've never read it. That's what I'll do often if I need to. But opening the email is the thing, right? Like it's the thing that I need to do so that I'm no longer just imagining what's in there and avoiding it. All right. So avoiding is the the problem when we're talking about these. I don't want to make a decision. I want to, I'm avoiding it. So it's, if I open the email, I'm, I've at least moved past avoiding it. I have had no commitment to what I'm going to do. I have had no commitment to making a decision, but I am going to open the email. What is this on the whole decluttering strategies that we have? It's look, look, always look. It's this is me saying I am going to at least open the email. I'm going to open the document. What can I do before I'm actually making any decisions or any commitments here? Okay. And, and this is something just to be clear, you know, I I did say on the email, um, not on the email on the, uh, carting stuff with us to to California, right? Like we are looking at, you know, what are the measurements of things that I'm allowed to have on the plane? That is some research, but sometimes it needs to be even smaller than the research. And that's where the opening the email comes in. Like I'm not even going to force myself to think. I'm just going to at least know what's in this email. That's one of the things we talk about a lot with paper. Paper is daunting, right? When we're decluttering paper or photographs are daunting. So that's where I will say, give yourself permission to say, I'm not even going to do any decluttering today. I am just going to give myself permission to look through these pictures without the obligation to make decluttering decisions. I am just going to look through it. I'm just going to read this email. I'm just going to look through these pictures. I am just going to look through this big pile of paper of mail that I haven't dealt with. I'm just going to look through it. And if I happen to see something that's like, oh, of course I can do that. And doesn't even feel like a decision doesn't feel like any kind of actual work. Well, then I'll do that, but I'm, I don't have to, I'm not committed to doing that. I am just opening the email or looking through the thing or reading the test results. That's a big one, right? When you don't really want to know exactly what the bad news is going to be, but it's like, I'm just going to, just going to look, I'm just going to look. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. 
having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. This episode is sponsored by Acorns. Wouldn't it be great to be able to save and invest using your spare change while shopping for your favorite brands? You can with Acorns. Their investing app allows you to take small actions today that will have the potential to make a massive impact on your future. From Acorns, Mighty Oaks do grow. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. My young adult sons think Acorns is the coolest thing and easiest thing ever. I wasn't thinking about investing at their age, but I am so glad that they are. Acorns is a simple tool designed to improve lives. Head to acorns.com slash Dana or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash Dana, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC. Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC. One example here, uh, one of my kids moved um, a couple hours away recently. He's excited. I'm excited for him. And you know, we were looking at apartments. We were like, what are we, what are we going to do here? You know, what, what, what can you afford? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I said, let's, let's take a trip. Let's take a non-obligation trip. We're not making any, any decisions today. We are just going to go and see what there is because, um, did I already talk about this in another podcast? Maybe anyway. Uh, but you know, there's this for this amount of money. And then we just went and looked and well, that took those off the list. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Amazing. You pay a hundred dollars more a month and it's amazing the difference. But yeah, so like we, we just went, I said, this is a not, this is an information gathering. No decisions are going to be made today as far as the decluttering process goes, right? So what is our first step that we have? Well, it's trash, right? Like the first step of the decluttering process is look for trash, get rid of trash, trash being the most obvious stuff that I don't have to make a decision about because it's so obvious and clear. Okay. When I look, I am generally able to immediately get rid of a couple of, of things that, that before I had thought I had 15 options, but when I actually look and I go, what in here is an obvious no well, then I generally can go from 15 options down to nine options. Nine options is still overwhelming, but it's less overwhelming than 15 options, right? So I'm giving myself permission to, to say what 
obviously needs to go off of this list of what, you know, I felt like my options were. The choices are fewer. Every time my choices are a little few or, you know, some number fewer, I'm a little bit less overwhelmed. Okay. Also, as I'm giving myself permission to say, I'm not making any actual decisions here. I'm just eliminating some obvious things that don't need to be decisions. Just like when I'm looking at a pile of clutter, I am looking at, uh, you know, every time that, that trash leaves and I'm looking for trash, I'm also seeing what the other things are in this space. And they're no longer just this, oh, it's so overwhelming. And I think it's all going to be scary. It's like my brain now knows what I'm dealing with. So as I look at my 15 options, and I take six of them away that were obviously gone, I've also, you know, acknowledged the other nine that are there. And now my brain has some time to percolate. Don't underestimate the value of your brain percolating. What do I mean by that? I mean, When you know what you're dealing with, when you know what the options are, it's amazing how you know what they are. You walk away with zero commitment. I'm not dealing with that right now, but I'm doing other stuff. Maybe it's, you know, sometimes I I find doing things with my hands, my brain just kind of works on its own. So I'll go work in my garden or I'll go, you know, pull some weeds in the front yard. I will uh, do some dishes, do some laundry, those kinds of things. But I have, before I did that, I looked at these things that I had to make decisions about. It's like my brain is freed because it's not feeling that pressure of make a decision right now, Dana. But I know what I've dealt with and now I'm doing something completely different and it gives my brain the freedom to kind of sift through some of those things. And then the next time I go, now it's not as overwhelming because it's not unknown anymore. And I look at it and a few more things become obvious no's. Okay. Or sometimes as I'm working on something completely different, my brain makes a decision for me. Huh, okay. That helps me. But as long as I'm just staring at all of the options, that's where I get overwhelmed. Uh, you know, for one thing, you know, I needed a podcast topic and I went in with no commitment, just thought I'm just going to read through some of the questions on my decluttering questions uh, spreadsheet, you know, where people have asked questions at askdanyky.com. And I thought I'm I'm not going to use any of those, but maybe it'll just spur something. Well, I went in with no commitment. And then this question, I was like, oh, that could be its own podcast, right? Like I could totally do a podcast on that. So it's that looking with no commitment that that's key. What moves me forward that nothing is stopping me from doing? Nothing is stopping me from doing this thing. What has to be done anyway? Okay. So if I need to make a financial decision, if I need to uh, make a decision on, you know, buying a house or whatever, these big decisions that we're making, what are some things that I can do now, even though I'm not ready to make the actual decision? Well, if I'm going to be moving, which I'm not, oh my goodness, hopefully never again, I have to, you know, gather my bank statements. That is something that is just work to be done. I maybe have to, you know, just Google how it is that you gather your pay stubs. This is something we had to do with my son. We're like, we didn't know. I mean, by the, when I applied for an apartment years ago, pay stubs 
were actual physical things, right? <laughs> They're not anymore. Everything's done online. So we had to first Google how to find his pay stubs, which is amazing what you can find on the internet, right? But it's non-committal movement. It's like, we're not actually ready to make a decision on where, you know, he was going to live. But at the same time, what were some of the things that we could do that weren't actual decisions, but that we were going to need eventually when we did make a decision? I didn't have it in me to record on the day that I decided to talk about this subject. But I thought, well, what I can do is open up a file and jot down a couple of of ideas. And I wasn't going to record, but I could do that. Well, then it gave me a couple of days of thinking it through and coming back to it. And then by the time I was ready to record, I had a lot of things. Okay. I had a lot of things written down. There's the dead donations step in the process. That's step three in my decluttering process, my no mess decluttering process. That's equivalent to just removing things from the to-do list. Maybe it's a mental to-do list. Maybe it's a written down to-do list, but I will on a regular basis, especially when I'm in the middle of a project, I'll say, what have I been thinking needed to be done that actually doesn't need to be done? What is something that I can cross off my to-do list by just saying, this is not a thing. This is actually not worth my time. What is something in there that I I can do that for? What was on my list for the wrong reasons? What was on this list? Because ideally, if everything was going to be done absolutely to its absolute best, this would have been on the list. What's something that somebody else said I should do? What's something that I would do if I had all the time and all the brain power in the world, but I don't have that time and I don't have that brain, brain power right now. Okay. Often for me in decision-making, this is non-essential research. It's really narrowing down and going, you know what? I actually don't need to know what apartments cost 20 minutes away from this place where I'm looking right now. I, you know what? That's actually not an area that we want to, no, we want to be this close to the work or whatever it is that we're moving for. For me, you know, we just bought a new washer and dryer and oh boy, if you're going to buy something that costs a good chunk of money, wow. Going down the rabbit hole of reading reviews, I finally had to say, I am not going to read all the reviews. I'm especially not going to read all the negative reviews. I'm going to just narrow it down. I'll read the three stars so that I can get the people who are like, you know, it's not perfect and here's why, but also it's fine. You know, I didn't need to leave a a one star because you can really go down rabbit holes in all of that research. It's the non-essential research. It's the, I'm going to look for things that have a good number of reviews so that I'm not just looking at something where, oh, wait, when I read the last line of all of these, it's, they somehow were compensated for their review or whatever. But I'm going to look at only things that have lots of reviews and in general, you know, they averaged out to four and a half stars. That's pretty good. All right. So I'm, if I'm going to spend this much money, I want something that's had a lot of reviews in this, but I'm not going to let myself go down this research rabbit hole of reading every single thing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So what about the consolidate part of the last step of the decluttering process, which is make it fit, right? Like first we put like items together. I mean, so here's sort of a parallel with that. Where can I combine effort? Where can I take the effort that somebody else has put forward and say, okay, I'm going to take advantage of what this other person has done. And I don't mean that like in a bad way. I mean, like, for example, with the podcast, I always feel bad when somebody's like, how do you start a podcast? I'm like, well, I started mine 10 years ago. It's very different now, I'm sure. But I remember, I, you know, went to this conference, somebody spoke, he said, hey, you know, here's this little how to guide that he had produced. And so he said, you can use it. Well, you know what I did? I didn't try to reinvent the wheel. I said, all right, I know that there's this thing I want to do. It's overwhelming to me. So I followed his advice. I took, he said, do this. I watched that part of the video on how to do that. I hit pause. I went and did exactly that. If I needed to rewind and watch it again 15 times to do exactly what he was saying to do, that's what I did. Okay, now um, go submit your feed to iTunes. All right, so how do you do that? Okay, pause, go do that. Take advantage of work that other people have done to make it easier for you. You know, that's one of the things I do around here, right? I have figured out this decluttering stuff and now it's there for you to follow this five-step process that I came up with, hopefully to make it easier and faster for you. So I am one of those people who, which I mean, obviously that's how I got into this spot of writing the books about it, but I'm one of those people who I'm like, oh, I can figure this out. And as I get older, I often go, wait, has somebody else figured this out? Has someone else figured out the best way to do, you know, this thing? All right, I'm going to do that. There's, there's, um, Tasha from Kaleidoscope Living, I think, you know, she has the coolest decorating things that she does. And so I'm like, you know what? I love this room. There's a rug and there's a picture and I'm going to look at, okay, I'm going to do that. The rug that I have right now in my living room is one that I think it's Young House Love or what? I really should know these things. But anyway, somebody I follow on Instagram who was like, hey, this rug is amazing because it basically matches everything. I'm like, okay, sold. I got it. You know, it's like, where, how can I make this decision and let somebody else's expertise that they have, you know, I trust them. I like the look of things that they do. And they said that this rug will basically match everything. Great. I'm going to get that rug. You know, it's like, 
I don't always have to reinvent every wheel. I don't have to come up with all of this on my own. I can say for a lot of things in my life, let me let somebody else be the expert and I'm going to take that advice. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to follow that. It's one of the things like with people saying, oh, but you know, it's a clutter. I'm like, that's fine. If you can figure out a way, that's exactly what you should do. But give my five-step process a try just to see, does this work? It does, y'all. It always works. But like that mindset shift has been very freeing for me as someone who's always kind of been like, oh, I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out on my own. There are things I don't have to figure out on my own. And then there's the container concept, right? So the last part of the decluttering process is to implement the container concept. Embrace the reality of the space that you have. How does this go with general decision-making? Well, my time is a container. My energy is a container. My budget is a container. And so when I look at decision making that way and say, okay, what do I actually have the time to do? I love, you know, we, we were trying to decide on, on a um, vacation a couple of years ago. My boys wanted to go fishing for big fish. Well, the big dream was Alaska, right? Like we wanted to go to Alaska. And yet in reality, our, you know, time didn't allow for that because it was a really, really long flight to get to Alaska, but just because of the way that, and I don't know if it's always this way. It seems like flights and things kind of morph at different times, but into like, okay, all the flights right now are overnight or whatever, but it was going to be the way that that would have worked for us to try to go to Alaska would have meant the time that we could be there with the amount of time that everybody in the family was able to be away from work and stuff was going to be so much shorter than if we went to New England and they went trying to, you know, get wicked tuna, right? So like that made the decision for us because of the reality of our time, the reality of, you know, sometimes it's the energy that I have. I'm like, you know what? I could do this thing where I could uh, paint it myself and, you know, build it myself or, in reality, my energy level is that I I don't have the energy to do that. I'm actually just going to get a different version, a different thing that I can actually have just, you know, delivered to my house or whatever. So letting those, that reality acceptance be a big part of the decision-making, embracing the reality of this is the actual budget that I have. That means I have, you know, go from what I thought was 15 choices down to two the things I can actually afford are two. Okay, well, then that's a lot easier to decide between, right? My budget, which which of these two things can I actually afford? I can afford this one. This works better for our budget. So this is reprioritizing. Looking at life as a container. It's funny, we were, I think my husband teaches our Bible study that we have on Sunday mornings at our church and for um, couples our age. Although, we're getting older, right? (laughs) So there's quite a range of couples in there. But anyway, he had asked as one of his openers one time, he's like, you know, what's a phrase that you just can't stand that just rubs you the wrong way. And somebody who was a very, very, very young mom said, uh, you know, the phrase that would drive her bananas was people saying it is what it is. And I get it, right? Like when I was a young mom too, I thought I had more control over things in life than I actually do. But you know, I, I get why that could be annoying, but I'm like, 
it's actually freeing in a lot of ways just to go, it is what it is. I mean, this, this is a situation that I can't actually, I mean, obviously you have to look at that and not, not look at it as, at it as something where I don't do anything because, oh, well, it is what it is. But like, there are certain situations where it is what it is. And that means there are boundaries. There are realities here. And when I embrace those realities, it generally reduces what I thought was a big decision down to a decision between a couple of things, you know, and, and so embracing the reality of the situation and all that, because, you know, if, if we're talking about moving into a house, I mean, being house poor is not fun. We were house poor in our first house and we hadn't even bought something ridiculously huge, you know, but when I say house poor, what I mean is like, oh, I could, I could have a house payment of this amount. When in reality, that didn't actually fit into our budget, right? Like we didn't know exactly what our budget was going to be. Part of it was that I became a stay at home mom and we hadn't realized how much that was going to cost us on health insurance, you know, for before when I had had health insurance that was mostly paid for by my job, you know, it wasn't a big deal. But when we were adding that to my husband's health insurance, it was like, oh, wait, what? That's a lot of money. Um, so it's it's these things where you just go, I am going to embrace the reality of the actual situation and I'm going to let that help me make these decisions. So anyway, I don't know if this has been helpful or not, or if this is just one of those ones where it's like, wow, did she ramble? Who she rambled? Okay. But anyway, I'd love to hear how you have applied this in your life. Oh, somebody recently just uh, was talking about how they take the five minute pickup concept and say, I am just, I, I'm so overwhelmed by this thing, but I'm going to give it five minutes. This thing I've been putting off for a year. I think somebody was talking about filling out their kids um, or their paperwork to be able to volunteer at their kid's school. That was just overwhelming to them. Somebody was talking about, you know, dealing with something in their, their email inbox that, you know, was just completely out of control. I'm just going to give it five minutes. I'm going to give it five minutes and that's no commitment. It's only five minutes worth of commitment, I guess is a better way to say it. And I'm just going to give it a try. I'm going to see what I can do in those five minutes. And both reported that one of them was able to get everything done in the short amount of time. Or somebody else was like, wow, I made so much progress. And now again, with the look, look, always look, it's no longer as overwhelming anymore. It's no longer something that is daunting to me because I did five minutes worth of work. I couldn't believe what I was able to get done in five minutes. And now I'm no, no longer overwhelmed. And next time I'm much more willing to spend another five minutes on it right? And that's how I eventually end up making big progress. So, okay. Look, look, always look, eliminate the things that really aren't even worth my time to, to consider that's trash, right? Take things off the to-do list that should never have been on the to-do list. Take things off as options that should never have been on options because they're, they're been an option because they're somebody else's ideal and not yours. And then embrace the reality of the actual situation. Like what, what can we do here? It's one thing to dream and it's fun to dream, right? But when I actually go and look at, you know, the difference between going to Maine or going to Alaska, the reality is that, of course, we love Maine too. But the reality is that with the time that we have, we could get to Maine and have a good 
vacation there. But to get to Alaska would take more time on either end and would really short the amount of time we could be in there. So it's little decisions like big decisions like that, that, you know, embracing the reality of the time that we have and the budget that we have. All right. Okay. I hope that was helpful. I will talk to you all next week. Bye.